Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in the Canon Canon. Company is calling and they don't look happy. Welcome to the Canon Canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I am Frank Garcia. Ditto. Hail. <laughs> oh, man. We were all wondering what it was going to be. And that line. The catchphrase, man. The catchphrase, baby. That came in, in the third act. <laughs> yes, yes. Nothing like a third act catchphrase. This is, of course, the Canon Canon, the podcast where we talk about Canon films and all of their astounding, amazing, and sometimes confusing output. And people, we are we are smack dab in the middle of one of our patented amazing theme months. And this month, this month has been awesome. I have to yes. say, this month I'm has very been much enjoying. We should just have Austin pick the rest of the year. <laughs> we really should. It would make our lives a lot easier. Uh, he's just a smarter man than we are in some ways. So, of course, we're in the middle of August right here, if you're listening to this right when it came out, but that means we are also in the middle of our August of Austin. What does that mean? Well, if you are a Canon fan and you don't know what we're talking about, uh, open them ears and perk up them minds, because we are talking Will about... Uh, are we learning yet? Austin Trunick. <laughs> So Austin is the author of The Canon Film Guide, Volume 1. Canon Film Guide, Volume 2. Canon Film Guide, Volume 2 is out currently. Uh, uh, they're both out, but Canon Film Guide 2 uh, came out not so long ago. It is almost a 1,000 pages uh, documenting, uh, essentially, uh, you know, the first volume was 1980 to 1984. This volume, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I have it far away from my eyesight right now. 85 to 87, I believe. Yeah. Yes. And if we're wrong yeah. in that, Austin, what? Well, it's not like we've uh, been covering you for What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Oh, wait, your next intro, you could fuck with us? Oh, no. <laughs> um, and so, uh, in honor of that, and in honor of our friend Austin, we offered to Austin to pick all of our episodes for this month. Uh, and also to give us a nice little intro uh, from Austin that is usually more well-informed than we are. And oh, way more informed. Yes, way more informed. We are learning stuff from Austin's, uh, and I, I, I hope you're all learning that as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we, uh, uh, we let him pick, and we've had some amazing movies so far. Uh, he has he has truly picked. I want to say every single one has so far has been the wildest movie we've watched yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean the last one. I I want to say like that last one was probably that took the the cake. It did cake take penitentiary penitentiary three penitentiary panel 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 three pen three pen and teller three are dead. Uh, <laughs> number four. They used to have uh, three people, and it's yeah. the other one died, and now it's it's just yeah. it was just them two. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Penitentiary three. Well, here's the thing. So 
Good job. We, this, ah, oh, this one, what we're covering today, I I was like, this one's not going to be wild. Like, I was like, what (laughs) is Austin picking? I was just like, oh, it's like, you know, Austin had told us he had a lot of different ways he thought he could go with this. Um, uh, And so far, he's hit us up with two totally, like, insane movies plot wise yeah. and etc and so for, so what we're covering today is and uh, this year is even a wild concept 1996 ish is ish <laughs> we'll get into that yeah chain of command so uh I was just like, and I'm sure Frank felt this way when we saw it. You, you know, Austin gave us his list, and it was just like, ah, oh, he's he's just picking a duty, like he's just picking a late day duty. And what does that, of course, mean? This is a Michael Dudikoff vehicle, baby. Like, mm. so at least you're gonna have the duty. But I was just like, oh yeah, chain of command. Sure, I'm sure yeah. that'll be you know whatever. Your straightforward um, kind of canon, yeah, you know, like lower tier affair. Hard to not think of platoon leader or river of death exactly. before. Like, yeah, I was just like, all right, we have to get to it. I trust Austin, yeah, to 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 give us uh, uh, some real winners here, people. Not Michael Winner. It, I, yes, not directed by Michael Winner. No, uh, people. Austin, Austin gave us a, gave us a, a weirdo winner here in its own oh, specific yeah. way. Um, so I, so yeah. We, today we are covering Chain of Command, COC to all the Southern <laughs> Rock crossover fans. Uh, <laughs> this ain't corrosion of conformity, but it might as well be. Um, Austin, can you give us some insight into what the heck Chain of Command is all about? Hello, Canon fans of the Canon Canon. This is Austin Trunick, author of the Canon Film Guide here. We are here today to talk about 1994's Chain of Command. Now, Chain of Command really caught me by surprise by just how much fun this movie is. This came at the tail end of Canon's dark period, as I call it, the low-budget direct-to-video years when the company was pretty much on life support and mostly just running out the lengthy contracts that Menachem had signed guys like Chuck Norris and Michael Dudikoff to. Now, the Canon of the 1990s wasn't really the same Canon from the Golden Globus years, the glory days where most of the movies covered here have come from. For those that don't know, Canon was essentially acquired by a gangster and a con man in the late 80s who folded it into his own company and proceeded to appoint his daughters and mistresses to all the important positions of power. This is a long, crazy story that's far too complicated to even begin to break down here, but I will say that it involves the FBI, MGM, Golden Globus, the French Bank, the Sicilian Mafia, Meryl Streep, Ronald Reagan, Pope John Paul II, and the cannon offices being stormed by thugs with machine guns. Now, all of that, I promise, will be covered in Volume 3 of the Canon Film Guide. Now, how's that for a sneak preview? Anyway, I wanted to establish that this movie came out during Canon's darkest timeline. Uh, Monoc and Golan had already left the company years earlier, back in 1989, fleeing for many of the same reasons I just mentioned, but then pretty much proceeding to just continue making Canon-style movies over a 21st century film corporation. Uh, 
Yoram Globus stuck around for a while, but then briefly left to become president of MGM for exactly seven months before getting fired, then coming back to canon. You'll notice that this movie is a Globus-Pierce production. Christopher Pierce had essentially been one of the top guys under Golden Globus throughout the 1980s. Whenever you see pictures of the cousins in their spectacular matching jumpsuits, imagine that Chris Pierce was wearing one of those jumpsuits just to the left of them, just out of frame of the photo. Now, although there are a number of notable highlights, 90s canon can be pretty bleak. That's why I was just so delighted by Chain of Command when I finally got around to it, because it's really, really fun. It's directed by David Worth, who not only directed Kickboxer, but was the cinematographer on Bloodsport. This is a movie where Michael Dudikoff seems fully comfortable in his role as an action star, which I loved seeing. You have to remember that he came from a comic background, that his most pivotal pre-canon roles came in things like Happy Days, Bachelor Party, and playing the doofy jock brother on ABC's Star of the Family. When American Ninja was a surprise hit, it suddenly turned him into an action movie star, even though that wasn't necessarily the trajectory that his career had been on to that point. Now, while Joe Armstrong, hero of American Ninjas 1, 2, and 4, is meant to be a strong silent type, even Dudikoff's other canarils are pretty serious overall. But in Chain of Command, Dudikoff has the opportunity to do some of the more fun action hero stuff, like drop cheesy one-liners, flirt with the ladies, and his moments where he's almost winking at the camera. If this was a bigger, more polished studio picture of the late 80s or early 90s, I could imagine someone like Kurt Russell or Bruce Willis playing this sort of role, but I think Duty plays a lovable rogue pretty darn well here. Seeing this made me really sad that Cannon didn't stick him in something like a Firewalker or an Alan Quartermain style role while they were busy running out his contract in the early 90s. I think that sort of performance would have been really fun to see with him while he was still with Cannon. Now, another one of this movie's highlights, of course, is Todd Curtis, who plays our bad guy, Rawlings who I just love, 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 love. What a maniac. What a performance. What amazing, incredible hair. He's like a Revlon commercial come to life. A very, very evil Revlon commercial. Everything about his performance here is just fantastic, in my opinion. Before this movie, he was just known for appearing on the soap opera Young and the Restless for several years. He must have realized he'd never have a better hairstyle on screen than this one, because after this movie, he called it quits on acting and became, and this is absolutely real, a yoga instructor and jazz singer. Yep, I kid you not. I won't run down the movie's whole cast because I'm already eating up too much time, but I think they made good use of Arlie Ermey in this movie. You can tell he's someone they brought in here for a few days because the movie needed a second capital S star in the movie, and he's pretty fun here. There's also a comic relief character in the film, relatively small role, but a cab driver named Ahmed, who you might notice gets a lot of screen time for someone who doesn't really have much bearing on the plot at all. But by this time, that actor was already a very well-known host of an Israeli hidden camera show where he'd dress up and play characters and go, go out and play tricks on people. He went on to create some sketch comedy shows, and he hosted one of the bigger late-night talk shows in Tel Aviv for quite a while. Now, no one outside of Israel would have known who he was, but the people watching the movie back in Golden Globus' native Israel, you have to presume that they would have been eating his shtick up on screen. The last actor I want to mention briefly is Karen Tishman, who plays Maya, or whatever other names she gives duty in the movie. 
Despite what IMDb says, this was not her only acting credit. She just used a different name after making Chain of Command. Now, I'm going to let Jeff and Frank unpack her performance in detail, but I will say this about it. It is magical. Now, Chain of Command is one of three films that stakes a claim to being the last canon movie, quote unquote. One of the others is American Cyborg Steel Warrior, which is a fun movie, but its only real claim to being the last canon movie is that it says so on Wikipedia and IMDb trivia, which is complete bullshit. Never accept anything you read on that site as a fact. Even though it was filmed a year later, American Cyborg actually beat Hellbound into theaters by two weeks, so I won't count it. Now, Hellbound, the movie where Chuck Norris plays a cop named Frank Shatter, who straight up fights Satan, that was released in theaters on January 21st, 1994, which would make it the last canon movie to get a theatrical release, if you want to get technical about it. But if you were to ask me, and if you who considered me to be any sort of authority on canon at all, I would say that Chain of Command has the most rightful claim to the title of being the final canon. Shot in the spring of 1993, this was the last movie they sent in production. And while it did not get a theatrical release in the United States, it made its VHS debut in 1996, a year later than even American Ninja 5. And by that measure, it was the last movie released in any form to wear that classic Canon logo on screen. Now, I've spoken too much, but I'm going to wrap things up and let Jeff and Frank dive in a chain of command. I hope everyone sticks around to watch the absolutely gripping scene where Michael Dudikoff hacks the evil corporation's Microsoft Excel database. And if you pause the movie right there, you'll notice the files that he's hacking are actually named COC1 through 7. COC, of course, standing for chain of command. Now, was that a mistake made by the crew? Or is it a piece of meta self-reference intentionally placed in the film for hardcore fans to discover decades later? I'll let the listeners at home decide. And with that, peace out, Canon Bros. Thank you, Austin. Mind blown. Mind blown. so much information in here. So much. So much. It also, I mean, tricky guy. Austin's a tricky guy because, uh, you know, we're doing this for fun. But hey, man, we're also doing it for promotion for both of us. Uh, uh, Austin, uh, I believe Austin, and then we will give you also with this episode, give you a nice little preview for his Canon Film Guide Volume 3, which made me, oh, yeah. this intro made me even more excited for Volume 3. Uh, there, uh, if It feels like that era of Canon has more twists and turns in this movie. I agree, and and if if again we we say this especially, usually with these we say, hey, it'd be fun if you watch these movies. We love them, uh, but you can probably listen to the episodes if you needed to without watching. If you just love listening to us yammer incoherently sometimes about a movie from the mid eighties, uh, as with all of the rest of Austin's uh, picks. You gotta watch Chain of Command, and then and then watch it because, uh, starting here is where we start to get into all the spoilies. But us also going into, yeah, this movie has a lot of twists and turns. This movie unnecessary ones where you're just like, wait, but then what is the, wait, what is the truth here? What is the truth? What is the plot? Who is anyone? Who's who? Who's who Which in what? the DC universe? 
Uh, <laughs> what if the Marvel Universe? Yeah, it is. Uh, so as you know, kind of Austin said there. Well, first off, we have to say again for all of these two. Uh, we appreciate your support, people. We appreciate your support for uh, listening to us uh, all this time in this crazy podcast that we do here. Uh, we uh, especially appreciate you listening to these because we think they're amazing, but also these are movies that are hard to find. Um, yes. Almost everything that Austin has given us are in the hard-to-find category, a.k.a. You're going to have to go to YouTube for this, buddy. <laughs> yeah, a uh, YouTube or a Daily Motion or whatever weird uh, streaming, or not streaming, but like upload site. Yeah, because it like ain't streaming. Low resolution. We, we're, not, we're not in the world of Canon Plus yet. Um, one day, <laughs> hopefully, we will. Uh, or hopefully, one day, uh, someone buys some crazy package. Uh, on the streaming and like in the only way to get kickboxer or delta force is to also take in penitentiary three too much the robot with a heart uh chain of command (laughs) so that we could see these in these glories because oh we'll also say uh i had mentioned it on our insta uh uh shutter uh has brought one of our beloved canons, Hard Rock Zombies, to Shudder, and it is worth rewatching. Not only because I truly forgot what a weird movie that is until I rewatched it, oh, but yeah. people, when we recorded that episode, we could see hardly any of it. We could hardly Nothing. see like half. I mean, there are whole sections, and and I go into a fugue state after we record these. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I am sure you and I talked about how we're just giving up on a scene because we can't tell what's going on in hard rock. Yes. Oh Um, yeah. Like just from like the beginning when they're at the club. Yeah. And then like now right in the club, that's who that is. That's when I rewatch hard rock zombie. I was like, Oh, I can see these guys who are in the club talking about the band because we had both given up on that. The lake scene. I had vaguely given up on even seeing what was going on with the succubus. Um, and you tried. You were like, I want to see that boobs. I got to see that boobie on that, that scene. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will, I will say, too, weirdly, and I'm in, I almost am interested in talking to whoever did it, because maybe it was Severin or was it Vinegar who probably did the package. There are still scenes that are in Hard Rock Zombies that, like, jump down in quality, and I don't oh, know yeah. what happened there. But that being said, you can actually see the movie, so... It will give a new light to our uh, episode. But, you know, for all of these, uh, and and a little bit the same in Chain of Command, it's hard to tell if it's the production of the movie or the transfer that we're watching on YouTube. Um, because, as Austin said, too, this is a movie that, uh, you know, we'll get into the facts, but was released on VHS because this mm-hmm. is... So essentially, just to give you a bit, we're not going to get into what the plot is because we'll explain the plot because I actually don't know still completely what the plot is. Um, Businesses are uh, shitty when it comes to uh, oil uh, in the Middle East, especially in made-up Middle East uh, countries. They have their (laughs) own own Valverde for this. Yes. Uh, It's called Quibi, I think. (laughs) Uh, or it's called uh, CISO, 
Uh, it's a mm. made up. It's essentially a streaming platform. Short content on the go. <laughs> yeah. It's about a Western oil company. These damn Texans coming in to take over short comedic content. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, it was released on VHS direct to video in 1996 in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But released a different year everywhere else. 94. But 94. But this is, as Austin said, the like in, in his mind, and we're going with him as the number one resource. This is the last official Canon film group release or Canon. Again, you heard Austin's intro. You heard him. We, yeah. we can't get into the complicatedness. We'll get into it the littlest bit, but like it is more complicated than we understand. Oh, yeah. Of how any well, of we, this works, the mob, et cetera. Uh, the mo- yeah. How the Meryl mob Streep. works into it, getting shakedown, you know, yeah. at the offices. But it was, I don't know if, I forgot, I don't know if your breath was taken away as like mine was, but I legitimately had a moment of being like, where's Menachem? Like, there's no Menachem Golan on this. Mm-hmm. It really was shocking. To see that this movie is brought to you by Yoram Globus and Christopher Pierce, like yep. it, it. But that's that was they split though, right? I mean, that's this why. is this that's why. But like, it's like I, because again, we'll get into this. It doesn't feel like it's 1996, and it no. doesn't feel like it's 1994. <laughs> like, no. My wife was flummoxed that this was such a late in the game <laughs> movie when she walked in. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but that being said, it is also, and again, we'll get into this, we'll constantly with our catchphrase, this is the most direct-to-video feeling action movie we have watched yet. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. It's got a very, It's. I wrote that down. I was like, this is a very much a direct-to-video, both in quality and music especially. Wowzer, yes. <laughs> the score, I mean, at least. Yeah. It is. I'm not slagging on um, Slash Puppet. Slash Puppet or maybe. Niff. Yeah. Maybe Alan Holdsworth, like that fusion, jazz fusion song that was in the in the shootout by the bar. Yeah. Scene that we'll get into. Well, you like, know, somebody put it on the jukebox. That's what That's happens. what I couldn't tell. <laughs> I honestly was like, is this diegetic or is it in the soundtrack or is it poorly mixed uh, people in the audience or in the bar yelling? Or are there vocals in this song? I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> no, Jeff, it's not Dianetics. It's not a Scientology thing. Oh, wait, you said Diegetic. Yes. <laughs> I wish it was. Yeah, it was Chick Corea, so it was Dianetics. Uh, there you go. <laughs> he, had, he had Al Demiola jamming behind him. Uh, uh, so, yeah, uh, before we continue, because we could just continue to go down yeah, the we rabbit hole. We should get into our... Say. Our, our, we should get into our facts because I'm sure there are also not that many facts for this. No. So as you as you and Austin had mentioned that 
Uh, it had different release dates because in Turkey, it had a TV premiere on February 17th, 1994. Then in Germany, it had a video premiere May 20th, 1994. Then in Japan, it had a video premiere December 2nd, 1994. And then in the USA, it came out January 9th, 1996 on video cassette. That was Canon Pictures Incorporated and Warner Home Video. And um, this... Uh, yeah, it says even on IMDb that this makes it the final movie from Canon Films to be released in the U.S. Uh, there's no right. mention of budget. There's no mention of uh, any kind of gross because why not, you know? Uh, I'm realizing, too, for a second that, like, we talk a lot about how you can't get numbers for Netflix, except, like, the only one we've seen, like, really is, like, the budget for The Gray Man. But, like... right. Netflix is like going back to the direct-to-video model, where it's just like, oh, absolutely, eh, we don't know what's going on. Just, just let them, like, you know, they made a movie. You don't need to know how much it cost. <laughs> yeah, um, it was directed by David Worth. Uh, Austin had already talked about what David Worth has been known for. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by Chris Christopher Applegate, Ben Johnson, Handy. Those are the. This is the only film that they wrote, or at least have credits for. Uh, the UK Warner video was cut by one minute and 53 seconds with edits to a scene where a man caressed our, our villain caresses Maya and slashes the clothes with a knife. We'll talk about that later on. That was longer. Yeah. Well, or did we watch the longer cut. version? No, we watched the longer one. the UK <sighs> one uh, cut a lot of that because it is uh, pretty. Uh, I'm not for editing, but that's an edit I could have taken. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this was the last one that Dudikoff made for Canon. Um, yeah, I mean, this is. I wondered. I was going to ask Austin because uh, hearing that, because uh, yeah, on IMDb it says Karen Tishman, the love interest in the spy or whatever. I don't know what her right. what she was, but um, that it's the only movie credit that she has on IMDb. But I didn't know that she had other ones because she had changed her name. Because right. what I found online of her that she was a real estate agent. And uh, <laughs> she's a stylist, actress, and on-air personality, and a proud mother of two. Wow! Wait, where did so, you find that info? It, I just I just googled her, and it came okay. up. She has her own like little like on LinkedIn. I think it was like she's bi coastal between okay. Los Angeles and New York. So she's um, a Renaissance woman. She does it all. That's great. Truly, truly. But I agree with Austin that uh, Dudikoff should have done. A firewalker or something like that uh more comedy stuff and also yeah that, that mention of hellbound uh we gotta watch it <laughs> we gotta watch hellbound yeah we got yeah, but that's basically most i mean not really many facts on here but um just a yeah, lot of talk about something weird yeah because it is uh you know it it's 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 Look, it 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 is a ninety four ninety six direct to video style movie. It is, mm-hmm. it 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 and it's what you said. And you're like, how do I put a finger on what is different about it? Um, uh, I will say watching it because I recently I I also watched and I made a joke about it on our Twitter. I watched Black Eagle. Uh, that Shokasugi movie with JCVD as a bad guy in it. Yeah. And I was realizing, I was like, this is one of the reasons you and I love canon so much. 
And it's not 100% across the board, I guess. But I was like, at least when they're... We haven't had a lot that are boring. You know what I mean? Like, and and there was a bit... Like, I was watching Black Eagle, and at least for me, I'm sure there are fans out there. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. It's Shokasugi. He's going to be... Like, he choreographs. He's got his kids in it, as usual. Um, But... uh, and it's very confusing why they have just such a hard plot in this movie about the fact that Shokasugi is like the best government agent, secret agent, but he gets two weeks off a year to go hang out with his kids. It just becomes this huge plot point, and you're just like, he's a deadbeat dad? Okay. But it was just like, it's long and slow and kind of boring. Like, and, and if you wait a long time to get to the fight scenes... But and I think BNS about movies are, like had written up about it, and that's where I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. Like it's just like a slow burn. And I was like, oh yeah, I watch. I'll go and like watch other action movies, and like even though Menachem isn't involved, there's still just usually some weird choices in a canon that will at least make you like engaged for most of it, um, at least in some way. And we were texting of like there, there's a handful of times I zoned out. Uh, <laughs> a handful of times I was just like, I'm just gonna give up on understanding what's going on. Yeah. But then it would pull me back in to something wild and a wild choice. And I don't know. That is to me is like the nice little canon stamp of approval on there of like a movie. It's just like there will be. At the very least, just, like, a bunch of moments where you're like, wait, what? How was any of this the choice? (laughs) And that was the thing with it. It truly was just, like, it's what, I guess what I'm saying is it's, like, the things, it's, like, trying to figure out what are the kind of still canon moves that pop it above that you're not just watching any any direct-to-video action movie USA. But at the same time, is so, like, feels like a parody of an action film at times. Oh, well, that, there were a couple of times where I was like, this feels like it's like National Lampoons. Like, it really does. Like, yeah. I mean, we talked about this with the last movie, too. But there were moments where I was like, I'm half expecting him to turn to the camera and wink. Right. Because it is also, the tone is uneven. Completely. Uh, I, I agree, like you said with Austin, like I would have loved to see Duty in a in a firewalker. It is the reminder of that you're like, oh right, he was in Bachelor Party. He's fun. Like he's right. fun in this sometimes. He does kind of have the dopey feeling of his character in like Bachelor Party. But then sometimes they'll it'll get jokey and you're like, wait, was this supposed to be jokey? <laughs> like, I well, here's the thing. I think they might have told him, like, as your inspiration, and I said this during in the text, too, to you, that, like, think Harrison Ford. Yeah. Like, grumpy curmudgeon, smartass, but flirty. Yep. And Dudikoff just comes off as a jerk, as opposed <laughs> yeah. to a charming curmudgeon. Because there are times where he's arguing or like doing like flirting or whatever, and it's like, oh, dude, yeah, <laughs> aggressive, yeah, and very and that, aggressive. And that's the thing is, you realize 
it's hard to pull that off. It's like there are only a handful yeah. of Harrisons. There are only early on. I I was like he's like proto Gosling a little bit, right? Like yeah, because he's like kind of charming. He's a little goofy. He's better looking than any of us. Like yeah. you know, and and he he will pull off certain tones, but and it had that kind of like aloofness that Gosling can pull off sometimes and like the nice guys or the gray man like that works well but it felt like oh you're you're I don't know like that is the problem with duty is we love him and it's like no one ever found the way to tap into exactly what he is yeah maybe like he's not he again we're saying this as we're duty heads (laughs) (laughs) he's not a complete action star He's not a complete comedy star. He's not uh, charming enough to pull off being a kind of charming jerk, but he's still charming. And 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 I think like the whoever is directing him, and in this case, I'm not sure David Worth like grabbed on to the right parts all the time. Um, yeah. Uh, or. Uh, you know, uh, the the editing going through him, Elaine uh, Jakubowitz's was the was the editor, I believe. Um, there's a lot of you know editing choices that kind of uh, drag out <laughs> parts of that don't maybe work exactly in what the tone Dude, is. There, yeah, there were parts where I'm like, why is this so long? Yeah, why and repetitive in some parts too. Yeah, why do we have another back and forth, another yeah. counter shot, another like we'll hit on those? But yeah, I just wonder what because I I would I like I didn't think about it, but it is I think Austin said like that he's like almost like a Bruce Willisy, like they're going for that type, like the kind of like almost slightly higher than normal guy, quote unquote. Who's yeah. put into a situation. But even that, like, plot-wise for this movie, because as you texted me, because you were like, I can't wait to hear what you're, you're thinking about as you watch this. After the first, like, ten minutes, I was like, so it's Die Hard in an oil right. field? And then you were like, no. It will change movies, like, 20 times. Oh, yeah. Just and when I you did- think you have it figured out, and you settled <laughs> yeah. in, it's like, nope, it's now this movie. Right, and so yeah, it's uh, uh, it, it it it's a little bit. I don't know. I I I just wonder what is. I don't know that we don't. I don't think we know the solution of like what was the best way to get the most out of duty, like besides having it with Steve James and having him be this amazing duo, um. Because I don't know, like, it's like no one can find the perfect mix. I think that's what kept him from becoming the next level. Um, right. Is other people not tapping into what is the best duty we've got sort of thing. Yeah. Um, they figured it out with JCVD. And he needed, yeah, he needed like a... Um tarantino or something to give him a shot yeah yeah i i wish i i'm 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 already intrigued by tarantino's podcast 
Um, oh, really? I'm, I haven't listened to it yet. I listened to just the first episode. It's about Dark Star, um, uh, mostly <laughs> so far. Um, I just appreciate that he's just like I hated that movie. It's only now that I'm coming around to it. Like I was like, great, life can change. Um, but I, I'm, I'm hoping an American Ninja or something comes up because I assume also they'll have info about canon that is oh, in depth. Absolutely. But I would love to. I would love to hear his take on because he's just the guy who brings people back, like you know, um, yeah. What what he thinks and what he could have done, because that's the key. That's it's not just bringing back faces you know. It's like you know he found the way to be like, oh, this is the thing people didn't or forgot about or didn't see in him. Or her, right? Uh, and yeah, I think in this case, I would love to know what would be the handle because I don't think either of us have the answer completely. After all this time, um, we play I with that. He was in more action comedy, but I don't know still. But what are you gonna say? He would be an inept, corrupt cop. Maybe that's it. Because like that's the other part too. They they tried to have everything in this movie. Yeah, and in this one. He's in every. He's he's supposed to be slightly uh, commando, you know, where he's like he's a former Green Beret, but also a terrorist training, and he's like a shadowy, like you know, CIA related but underground like agent, but he's out of the biz. Um, but we don't really see that most of the time, except for a couple bursts of crazy violence. Um, yeah. And so, and so, yeah, you don't really tap into that. And then he also feels kind of 50-50. Like, he feels like the characters in the movie 50-50. Yes, exactly. Right? He's a combination of it, yeah. And none of those are exactly... Inside you, it, there it, are two actors from 50-50. <laughs> Yes, all therapists agree that all actors yeah. are either a yeah Peter Weller or a oh shoot why am I blank on the guy from Airplane's name <laughs> from Airplane God yeah. damn it we're being assholes we can't we're now sorry we get, got me blanking on it yeah uh, uh, but I don't know I I I I would love to figure out the the formula that the world was missing for duty to really blow up. Because we still love him, and he's still charming. But yeah, like, even in Bachelor Party, again, like, he plays, like, such, like, a borderline, like, California doof-like sort of yeah. character. Um, yeah, like, he could be in a fucking Thomas Pinchon novel or, like, an Elmore Leonard <laughs> novel. Maybe even that's why. is like, picturing Tarantino doing Leonard. Like, does he need to be, like, a kind of, like, aloof yeah. bad guy, even? Well, that's like, what I was saying, an inept, corrupt cop. Like, it's kind of like yeah, Robert Hayes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 Robert the, Hayes is the name of... <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I was, like, sitting there like, yeah, Robert Hayes wasn't in a Tarantino movie. What are you talking about? Now I'm like, wait a second. Yes, you're right. God damn it. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I don't think they figured it out in this, but it was a fun ride. Uh, yeah. You mentioning Warner, just to help out with my brain warner 20th century fox were they emerging at some point or are they a company together no right no because our this one started oh wait no 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 
I'm uh, my brain is broken for how many plot turns are in this movie. I forgot <laughs> that I 20th Century Fox wasn't at the beginning of this movie. It's that this one has the classic canon logo, but the music sounds like 20th Century Fox at the beginning. They're like dun dun yes dun dun bum bum. Yeah. And then does become yeah the the music in this besides the <laughs> songs that we'll get into is right at the beginning I was like I'm into it and then pretty quickly I was like this is so cheap sounding oh yeah the metal they, clinking titles too Ding. oh man I I also texted you I laughed so hard at many times in this movie that I don't think was supposed to make me laugh. And part of it was just shock sometimes. And part oh, of it yeah. was just like, oh, they did that? And yeah, like, because it's kind of like action dungeon synth again. It's just like mm-hmm. rudimentary. Like, I want whatever that pad is they use at the beginning because it sounds so bad in a good way. Uh, but then, yeah, when Chain of Command... All of the open chain of command comes flying up in a metal font with like it's like Universal Soldier slash Terminator like doof, doof. yeah. Much like the rest of this movie, you're you're just like a little thrown off. None of that intense music is matching up with what we are seeing, which is At just all, yeah. Uh, oil derricks like pumping oil in a sepia tone. Like it's a grunge video from the nineties. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, speaking, I mean, at one point that song kind of sounded like um, what's the track on the Fragile that goes like da 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 da. Is that Pilgrimage? Yeah. That sounds like it's yeah. like, it becomes like a Roman march. Yes, because you it sounds like because you hear marching and stuff. Yeah, it might be pilgrimage. Yeah, I can't remember the and name. Then I but think yes. it goes into no, you don't. I can't remember. Anyway, it's on uh, the left side, people. It's an L, not an R. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. My preferred, um, my preferred, uh, fragile album. <laughs> oh, there are two, many therapists will tell you, psychologists will tell you, there are two people in the world, yeah. two personalities. There's left fragile and a right fragile. And right fragile, yeah. I believe you you're know, a right fragile. Are you a right fragile? <laughs> I don't know. I go back and forth sometimes. I don't know. Take it up with Bob Ezrin. Yeah. I know we've talked about that. You like Wright, Fragile, and I've given Wright more of a chance lately. I do. I, I do. I think Wright, Fragile has some good uh, stuff on it. I know it can feel like a little bit of a hodgepodge, but that's kind of the way with Melancholy, too, it feels like. Right. These double Left albums, feels like man, an those... album. Left feels like a whole album. And exactly. Like a work. Right feels like he's, touch- he's, he's testing out the waters for where... Maybe year zero will even go like sort of world, Maybe, like yeah. a little bit dancier, a little bit right. like testing out the rockier version. And especially at that right. point, I was like, I don't want this. Get out of here. I mean, and I <laughs> still think year zero is the one I can't really hang with. But uh, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, there are two types of personalities in the world. <laughs> year zero or anti year zero. <laughs> All right, there are 20 personalities. You're either a Robert Hayes, a left fragile. <laughs> and that's the way our leading lady in this is. The, she has 20 personalities in oh this. Oh, my God. Sort of. I mean, just different titles. <laughs> what if we found out that she was 
the 90s right like she was a multiple personality right. like that would the only way it would make right. sense if she was like sybil like sort of like it's like she had all these right or she's typhoid mary or uh what's her name from doom patrol um uh, oh right crazy uh, jane Enchantress? no wait. Oh, no weird. crazy jane yeah Okay, crazy Jane. Um, uh, uh, because it is, you're just like, who are we meeting in this scene? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that opening is just like so confusing. It's like, you're like, this music's way too intense for what this movie is giving us right now, which is, I get like sepia tone, could be a. The opening could be like a Billy Crystal rom-com from the 90s. Like like just like the Where, way it looks. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you meant cuz before that we get Dudikoff, we get introduced to Dudikoff. No, this is just the title sequences. I don't know if you remember is only images of uh uh, uh Oh, yes, oil yes, 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 the oil rigs. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it does oil feel rigs like a city with, slickers. Yeah, it feels like city slickers with right, yeah, a clock font which I was like, a ter- it's supposed to be like action-y font, but it's a clock font. And I was like, this is why my son still has a hard time with time, where he'll be like, is that a five or a two? And I'm like, eh, right. I mean, it's a little mushy. Because I was, there's at least one name. Yeah, it was Christopher Applegate. And are these the writers, maybe? The writers, yeah. What is the other writer's name? Do you remember? Yeah, it's supposed to be uh, Ben Johnson Handy. Handy. I wasn't sure if it was Candy or Handy. (laughs) (laughs) Because, and think about that. I mean, that's also direct to video where, like, the Writers Guild should have, like, gotten in there and been like, you have to give it a font where we can attribute the right name. (laughs) That also feels like a filthy nom de plume. Yes, it does. Ben Johnson Handy. Ooh, thank you. I'm also realizing it, even if it was a typo, it would go along with the theme of this movie. We'll get it a typo later. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, um, uh, and yeah, and it's, you know, just that opening is just like throws you off because you're like, the music is way too intense. Because I didn't know what Chain of Command was going to be. Like I didn't, I didn't know either, yeah. we had what we were going to be doing, and then when you find out, it's like, oh, okay, we're in the Republic of Quimmer, Quimar. <laughs> it's it's a Val Verde made up Middle Eastern country, <laughs> which much like Val Verde, you're like solved the problem or made it more problematic. Who knows? Yeah, because <laughs> I also could never spell it right. Um, uh. And yeah, like we're first introduced to just like <laughs> they're just walking around like this oil derrick place with open fire in the middle of the walkway. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it, but they're I mean Yeah. I, I remember in like in Houston or not Houston, uh, but yeah, in parts of Texas, like kind of near Galveston and stuff where they had those plants and stuff where right. there's open flame things and you're like, what the hell? I mean, I guess it is also like those those like uh, uh, factories when you're leaving New York to go, go through Jersey on the turnpike and right. there's blowing fire out. And I'm pretty sure it's just food additives. <laughs> you're like, wait, what <laughs> is going on there? That um, goes into my body. Yeah. Um, I also, because you're just looking for duty, I thought that was Dudikoff welding 
in, in right. like silhouette. Um, You're like, oh, flash dance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, we're introduced to duty drunk and playing poker. <laughs> I thought like I was like, oh wait, dude, cop's gonna be a hustler. But here's where the comedy comes in, Jeff. Oh no, man, he is not. That guy has a '90s butt cut too. <laughs> yes, he truly does. He's playing uh, poker with. Oh, what was the guy's? Was it Mustafa? Uh, it's uh, basically like he's playing with a friend of his. Yeah. Who who is basically like the Quran says you shouldn't take in alcohol and so do I. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's basically it's like you're a drunk. You're terrible at playing cards. Uh, uh, he wants him to bet a ring. Uh, but Mustafa, if that's his name, is just like no, no. This is part of my family. That's gonna play out kind of. Uh, later. <laughs> uh, yeah, not really. More disrespectful. What he does. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so confusing if he's showing like, respect. He just, he just robbed him. I mean, <laughs> just to spoil it, you know, the those guys come in in the U-Haul, and it's like a diehard situation where these guys come in, and we're gonna get to this lovely mane of hair. Uh, wow, but, but. He gets killed. This guy, his friend gets killed, and he looks at the body, and he looks at the ring, and he contemplates it. I'm like, he's going to steal from him. He's going to take the dead friend's ring. And what does he do? He takes it. But at no point in the movie does, unless I missed it or I forgot, where he's just like, this is for you. Right. No, there's one shot later where he's playing with his Zippo. Because he had taught his friend how to do the Zippo trick we all do when we're fucking 14 after watching oh, right. too many Tarantino movies where we're like, flip it open and then like like hit it while we move our hand to light it. And the, and the Zippo, you think, is going to play into something. But really, it's so that he can realize he's looking at his hand that's wearing the ring that he took from his dead friend. Yeah. And then that's the last time I think we bring up the ring. The ring is just non-existent. He like he's, lost. He's like, "Fuck! I left it in the bathroom." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah he's like yeah. those dudes who lose their wedding ring all the time. It's just like, <laughs> God damn it! I'm just gonna buy a ten dollar plastic one. I can't. I keep fucking up. Um, but yeah, because that scene also is one of the first times where you're like, "Oh, either they're filling in time for this movie, or maybe this movie's not made well." All the time, because when he is staring at his dead friend, again, it feels like a National Lampoon's moment. The cut back and forth between Dudikoff staring at his dead friend, his dead friend in a pile of dead bodies, Dudikoff, back to the dead friend looking at his ring, looking over at the explosion... Being nonplussed by an oil thing exploding, looking back at the dead friend, looks at the ring again, back to Dudikoff, looks back at the explosion, back to Dudikoff. It really is like, there are a handful of times where you're like, you feel insane. You feel like something has gone wrong, and you're in a time loop. (laughs) Like he's going to look over and he's going to see like a cat. Just kind of walking across. <laughs> and that cat would be in slow-mo. 
because this oh, movie yeah. is also in a lot of slow-mo. Where what movie were we talking about that was it too much or was it another movie where we're like, if you cut out all the slow-mo and the slow driving, this movie would be Yes, it was too much the robot with a heart. Available well, on our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Canon Cannon. It was also on what? Pen three. I guess it was in Pen Three too. Most of the movies we watched this month could be reduced down to like 15-minute short films. Just yeah. the heart of it, if you got rid of a lot of the slow-mo in it. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but yeah, it, it, and, and so yeah, that guy, uh, before the Die Hard attack, they're, yeah, they have comical moments of like, is this good? It's a full house. Yeah, it's good. Um, oh, boy. So we have to say that I was... It was very satisfying to watch this movie. And if you're someone who follows Austin's Twitter, uh, he actually had two tweets that went uh, viral. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed that, but like went viral. And in a lot of ways, it was because he was thinking about what movies he wanted to recommend us. And then I jogged his brain to pull out two little parts and when I saw them on his Twitter, and I'm sure you did too, I didn't know what movies they were from. Yeah. And so, yeah, he he had one that was like, like basically it was like, wait a second for the greatest hair reveal in villain history. And that's what happened. So this guy comes in who's got, his, he's wearing a hat and he's supposed to be a worker for the oil company. And then he gets out of the car he does another fucking one-arm shotgun cock. Like, this oh, guy's yeah. fucking cocky as fuck. It's as Austin said. He was on The Young and the Restless, and then he became a yoga jazz singer. <laughs> um, also, he was like a... Um, oh, he did, like, operations for a video game company, too. This guy, man. Fucking another renaissance man. It's fucking great. Yeah. When he reveals his hair, I told my wife... My wife was putting down our kid for the final, like, final bedtime part. And then, like, I paused it and was just like, just to show you what we're watching, slash I'm watching and you have to deal with, and then you'll go to bed early. Uh, (laughs) Just watch this gif. Like, and then she lost it. Like, she didn't expect that when, and do yourself a favor, go look at it if you don't know what we're talking about. But, like, it's on Austin's Twitter. When he pulls his hat off, he could not have more of a crazy, hidden mane of hair and everything yeah. you're imagining is a thousand times less than how it looks when it comes out. <laughs> it really, I, I thought he had a judge's, like a British judge's wig that was black mm-hmm. on because it has that shape. It's got that kind of like kind of puffy top, yeah, puffy back mullet. Yeah. It really was. I was like, I thought it was a wig. And you think it's a wig throughout the movie because this hair then will also continue to change in shape. (laughs) We'll probably point out what it looks like. But like when he first shows up, you're like, he's kind of like he was in the Doobie Brothers. (laughs) And then (laughs) it's like. And the Doobie Brothers, if they reunited in the 90s. And one dude, everyone else cut their hair. Except one guy was like, nah, nah, I kept it and I'm blowing it out a little. And then, like, there's another time he looks like he's in fucking uh, typo negative. There's another time where it looks (laughs) like he's opening for kicks on tour. There's, like, another time where he looks like he's, like, in the third 
like the third rate bands that are in decline of Western civilization part two, right. where you're like, who the fuck yeah. is this band that played like the fucking Viper or with the whiskey? Like, yeah, you're like, why the ass chaps, you know, yeah. like the, the chicken cutlet ass sticking like, out of the... Does Odin have a record out? Who are they exactly? <laughs> like, um, it is looks wild. Like he be, yeah. He also, he also one time looks it. like the guy in Wayne's World who's always on drugs when he puts it right. up. <laughs> exactly. That, I thought that too. <laughs> but I, he, do you think there were times... Where they had to do reshoots and he had cut his hair? Or do you think it just was sitting weird sometimes? Because there's one time I, where the hairline gets like above his eyes and it's like, did the wig slip? But I don't know. I, I, I Maybe he had a nap beforehand and it just kind of <laughs> fell that way and he just kind of laid on it. They're like, we're calling you to set. And he's like, okay. And they're like, can we get hair and makeup in here? And they're like, we don't have time for that. It looks fine. <laughs> right. Because that is the thing. Most of the time, it does look fine. Like, it has got volume. It looks oh, like yeah. it's being... He is He's brushing it 100 times every morning. It is... Absolutely. He's putting in that pert plus. Size <laughs> yeah. of a dime is all you need. <laughs> it's all you need, baby. <laughs> but it was shocking to realize, like, oh, that's where that tweet came from. Oh, that's where that gift came from. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he... And, and he is... So there'll be many times I also ask, like, what is the plot? We don't really even find out who he is until much later. But, like, when we do, who is he? He's working for Arlie Ermey, I guess. Sort of, like, but he doesn't realize that. But he's also working for the Quimir secret police. Or are they working for Arlie Ermey? And in all of them, are they the CIA or are they another American group? Or are they Western Oil? I thought, uh, <laughs> I thought like the top, the t- tip of the top was Western Oil. I think so. And that the I mean, CIA even was... the four paragraph postscript didn't clear up anything. <laughs> no. Yeah, because also spoiler: when the movie's over, there will be an Apocalypse Now style. Uh, helicopter shot into the sun with four paragraphs, I believe, a postscript that is totally confusing. <laughs> and that's like, also, I was surprised they didn't do like a follow up for Dudikoff's character because it was only about like, right? What was it? Yeah, it's essentially a wet fart of an ending that's basically like everyone got away with it. Like they just don't have, right. they couldn't be there and get the oil. But then you're also like, I know how America works; they'll be back. I bet you they're still yeah, there. Like, I'm not worried. No update on the couple, what happened to them. And I, I wrote guess, down, what's this movie trying to say? Right, yeah. And who knows? And I at least I read one review that was, like, just a website. I can't remember what the website was, but I was, like, felt better that they were just like, eh, don't even bother following along. It doesn't make any sense. Because, yeah, it's essentially maybe the CIA has, or Western Oil, or maybe working with the CIA, but maybe not, has set up a puppet government in Quimir to take the oil, which is like, you know, looking right at the, looking right in a fucking mirror, man. Looking right in a mirror that's looking out the window on society, man. Fucking, hey, man, think about it. Just think about it. You got to look through <laughs> the window slash looking glass to get to the other side. You're, you're looking at a window that is also a one-way mirror, but a looking glass through that one-way mirror that's looking at you. 
And you need to look through it, man. <laughs> look through all you ever thought layers. about that? Inside of you, there are two windows and mirrors. <laughs> Every therapist says green. <laughs> so we don't know, and this will come up as we continue, but like we don't know. We don't know who anyone really is related to. Like it's kind of the twist and turns are part of it. That's partly why it is what it is. Uh and so, yeah, they, basically, the company called, they don't look happy, is what the Dudikoff says as he's looking out the window. The hair reveals insane. Yeah. Uh, the guy's hair the keeps getting turns, bigger. It really, like, it's a Mel Brooks kind of joke. <laughs> yes. We're just like, yeah. Uh, that time, too, the music changes to this, like, weird, like, patriotic meets cheese wave type of Because it's kind of dancey-ish, but it's also, patri- yeah. it also could be... Like, if you were like, oh, this was in the Delta Force theme, like, section, like, because it is, like, <laughs> right. but it be- but the snare is so loud. That's the dance, Very. like, you're supposed to, like, follow the snare beat, not the kick beat, which is a weird move also for dance. But yes. it's also with slow-mo Dudikoff, our first real slow-mo snapping necks. Like, that's the other part, too, is you forget that he's not an aloof... Uh, uh, He's not an aloof uh, oil company. He's not even uh, John McClane, who's like just like a regular Joe cop who's thrust into a situation. He has yeah. these moments where you're like, oh, right. He can murder everyone. And he does. Like every once in a while, <laughs> they'll be like, oh, right. He can do everything. It's going to be overkill. And that's yes. the other part is this movie is a lot of overkill. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, but did you catch uh, somebody must have been part of the DC music scene? Because, baby, we got some PMA in there. Oh, man. Yeah, baby. I mean, they are. They, there's there's some mad bad brains respect. <laughs> oh, yeah. Positive <laughs> mental attitude. He says it. You got PMA, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is. Uh, also, does his hair keep changing color too? <laughs> like I swear, yeah, it gets lighter. It gets yeah, lighter. It's all yeah, over that's why I place. thought. I was like, is he? It would have been funny if he had like kind of in commando with uh, what's his name, the bad guy, uh, where it's like these little like kind of uh, what do you call it? Like uh, <laughs> I almost said uh, picadillo. <laughs> like, what do you? Uh, what do you... <laughs> it's a fun little picadillos. <laughs> picadillos. No, but you know what I mean? Like the little uh-huh. like kind of twerk, like, uh, tweaks or kind of, uh, I don't know what I'm saying, Jeff. I'm fucking, I'm, I'm so hungry. <laughs> I, I mean, same I didn't here, breakfast baby. This morning. But anyway, <laughs> plan it. What I, what I was trying to say is that that was like his like character trait, like as a villain, like his little quirk, you know, right. like that. He's just, putting on like these different wigs and stuff like he's like I'm I would have loved it juror and executioner going along with all of his little picadillos <laughs> his one-liner yeah, picadillos. well because it does feel like he's like searching a little bit for who he is and it can't just be yes. the hair because his hair does change around and also weirdly he looks like a young John P. Ryan uh, yes uh, which is just like his face and I briefly was like oh is he he could be um, uh <laughs> But, so yeah, it is, yeah, because he was like, who says, well, do tell, boy? Oh, yeah, he says that to a to a, a, a black soldier, and it's like, oh, ew, uh, no, that's yeah. that's a rough, weird little thing. Um, yep. 
So basically, he's they're looking. Guy. He's a bad guy, man. They're looking for the Americans who work for this oil company and any non-essentials. Uh, they're taking the Americans as hostages and they're, they kill every other non-essential um, yes. in a blaze of glory. Like, and, like, and that's like one of your first overkills again. And we're not talking the bands. It it's is, really brutal. It's brutal. And there's a lot of... Br- they take all of them down and then, yeah, Dudikoff escapes because of the lie that his dad died, uh, maybe. And yes. that's why he's not there. <laughs> Um, yeah, they said his dad passed away and he was on a plane. They got very specific. He was on a whatever, whatever flight out to, was it Kansas? I can't remember where they Right, said, right. It's, yeah, it's a, it is a surprisingly specific. It's like one of those where I was like, oh, yeah, don't make, you got to keep your lie a little vague. Like, don't give too many <laughs> details. That's the key to lying here, guy. The um, confirmation code is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I believe uh, his father's address is uh, 1724 uh, Mockingbird Lane. Um, By the way, did you? Yeah. Oh, boy, Mockingbird Lane. Thank you. I now couldn't stop now we're myself. bring up that Rob Zombie. Wowzers. Oh. Speaking of a lot of money maybe being spent on something that looks cheap and dumb. <laughs> Oof. We won't get into it. We won't but, get uh, into it, I, people. Did you did you do the I did because I was like, I can't understand some of this dialogue. So I was like, I'll try the auto capture, like the auto close captioning, and it was useless because at one point it said like Colonel Hockey. <laughs> yes. And I was like, how would no? I saw Colonel Hockey. Yeah. Because it's YouTube, it's going to be the YouTube-generated captions for all our hard-of-hearing and older uh, fans here. Um, Just accept that you won't hear some of the lines or watch it with headphones, and even then you still won't. Because, yeah, Colonel Hockey is definitely a character, uh, and it's unclear. Um, uh, And so, yeah, essentially, that's the other part, too, with this movie, is there are these, like, time jumps that go into a new movie because we end up at the Quimmery Secret Service headquarters. Yes. And there's a guy who's the head of the secret police who looks like he's got just for men, gray hair coloring. (laughs) Um, And Dudikoff is brought in and the guy's trying to be nice and he's like, I got my own SIGs, man. Uh, But apparently hours have, he got caught Hours have gone past, and maybe they're blaming him for what happens, but it's yeah, unclear. They think that he, yeah, that he might be in on it or something. Right. But he, we know he was in the army because he can spot American weapons, which is also a diehard move. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that John McClane can spot a fake ID. And that's where we really find out that he was a technical advisor, but he's a Green Beret, he's a fucking anti terrorist. And then Rawlings, Rawlings, the hair guy, right? That's who that is? Yes. They keep showing us, maybe it's at yes. this point, but they keep showing us that, like, this is where you also know it's a 90, 94, 96 made for uh, video action movie. One of the many ways. They keep showing, like, the newspaper article that duty was in where he like was quoted as saying it was the CIA who did this or something. Yes. And it's still unclear if he did say that or if he was misquoted, you know, fake news. He was misquoted. Okay. Cuz they they said that like he was he was set up. Right. 
And they definitely had an office PA make up a newspaper before the shoot (laughs) who only kind of knew how to work the dot matrix printer. Yeah. Uh, And kind of the same for, I think Rawlings or the guy with the hair when they showed his essentially headshot. But if you took a headshot and printed it out on like a laser jet printer (laughs) and the ink (laughs) is still a little wet because like the paper's like folding a little. (laughs) Um. But so he's then sequestered to a hotel room, and this is where we first meet Maya, Maya, who we don't know her last name, and that becomes a whole thing. Mm. Um, And so Maya shows up. She's just sexy as hell, just wearing a- May I come in? Yeah. Keep your pants on. Well, you keep yours on too, Mr. Ross, which I did not realize he wasn't wearing pants. I was like, oh, okay, surprise. Um, Yeah. So she's a hot Mossad agent, maybe, or she works for a Liberation Army, or maybe with the government, because she says, I'm your Uncle Sam. Right. CLI, Community Liberation Initiative. Right. Oh. CI, okay. See, that's the other part, too, is sometimes information comes out. I was like, oh, that's too close to CIA. No, but uh, that, that was part of it, I thought, right? I think so. Oh, boy, Jeff, we are. <laughs> but that's the, everyone who everyone agrees, people, and you'll agree when you watch. You will not be able to follow who is who and what is going on. And part yeah. of it is they're trying to play with you, and part of it is that you just can't tell what is going on. Because also, yeah. she... Uh, so, I, I I'm inch. I'd actually be interested to see. Like Austin says, she's magical. I, I we we magical. talked to yeah. We talked about like as an actor. Oh, I and I we talked about how she's kind of like a Renaissance woman. She's done a lot of things. We we I feel like in canon we often don't come across like bad acting, like in a certain way. And this was a a, a rare exception. Like, it was just, like, pretty rough. Like, it's just, like, a rough delivery of every line. Like, it was definitely, like, it felt like a non-actor's idea of what acting is. Yes. Delivering lines, if that's, like, the nicest way to say it. (laughs) Everybody's waiting for the other person to stop talking. Yes. So that they can say their line, except for which <laughs> there's a scene where um, uh, Emery is like uh, his his character. Uh, I can't remember is like Tex or I can't remember what. It, yeah. Whoever his character might as well is, be where, Tex if it's not. Yeah, it might as well be. Um, but he was like, you could tell. It's just so funny when he comes on because you're like, oh, there's a that's the best actor in the movie. Yeah. And the way he is, but he's like kind of waiting for Dudikoff to react. Or like there's one part where Dudikoff is trying to remember his line, his yeah. next line, and he's just kind of like you could see on his face being like, Do I pick it up here or should I, you know? You know what it is? Dude we love duty. He's We do. We do duty, love duty, the duty. duty. He seems a little checked out of this movie. It, I told you this where I was like, I couldn't tell if it was because of the character choice right. that he seemed, I, I don't know if it was like his way of like playing this part, but it seemed like he was drunk. 
Yeah. For a lot of this. And it and if he he's and yeah, because the character choice is being comically aloof and drunk a fair amount. Uh and but I wonder how much of it is that combined with let's just call it what it is. This is a nineteen late nineties last Dudikoff with Canon movie where he doesn't even have the oddness of Golan or Menachem involved. And it maybe sees the writing on the wall and maybe just sees like this is a check. Uh, that yeah. maybe this movie just isn't isn't going to be the winner that all in a, in the same way as some of the other ones, and it just in and so you have that combined with like the hairy bad guy is going for it, but you can also tell he was on Young and the Restless, like he has a very specific like he's oh, yeah. intense in that way, and then she is attractive and not necessarily maybe an actor like exactly not saying i could do better uh but it she she feels like she's waiting for her line in a different way than he is maybe right it feels like early cameron diaz yeah well kind of before she found her footing you know where it's like oh okay i get it like she's quote unquote eye candy and then later on you're like oh wait she's got other stuff she's yeah chops in her own rights like she's she's actually pretty good so like you know what i mean like yeah 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 she hasn't figured it out yet or something i don't know well because i think also with the way this movie is they're not really giving her a clear path so it's like you don't know what she's gonna be every scene you don't know what she's gonna be I think that's she probably read the script and was like, I don't know what the fuck I am. Like, like the last scene script, when be it like, becomes what? his girl Friday E, but like yes. or romancing the stone, like quippiness. Yes. She seems like she might be drunk or falling asleep in the helicopter. Like she's like, <laughs> like she truly like, and you're like, but in in why it can be pointed out because she doesn't look like that way in any other scene. And yeah. it feels like she's like nodding off, like she's falling asleep or something in delivering a kind of surreal patter, like style back and forth that is completely off tone. And because you're also like you were just sexually assaulted, essentially. Yes. One scene before and then every other scene you're supposed it's like it truly is a movie where you would have to be as an actor like. Uh, going into each shoot being like, which version of who I am am I today? Do I hate him? Do I hate him and it's unclear why I hate duty? Do I want to bone the shit out of him? Do I want to (laughs) caress his his gun like it's a penis and then legitimately just caress his penis like it's a penis like two seconds later? And then one scene later hate him and almost get murdered by him. <laughs> like you can't keep track yeah. as an actor or as She's a viewer. Like, she has like a number system for the director to be like, just <laughs> point to the number that you want today. Like they went over says like the color wheel or whatever. She's it's just like, like just Kramer. Kramer and Seinfeld when he's acting, he's like, I act on color. I say so today's a blue. I do blue. Now I'm right. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, she would have to. It's just like just tell me. That's it's the only like, way you could keep track. 
It because it's like it's yeah, it's like my running program that tells me like today you should be running a six, but tomorrow an eight. And I'm always like, wait, which one's a six? <laughs> like I don't know who I'm supposed to be today. Combined <laughs> with when she shows up, so you've got all this information. You're unclear she's with the CIA or this other group. She, uh, because probably production-wise, there's maybe some one-take shots going on here where she pronounces Mr. Ross, which is Duty's name. It sounds like Mr. Falcon, kind of, in a way, where you're like, wait, does she have an accent for one line and reminds me of Die Hard 2? The TV edit where they change Yippie Kaye right. motherfucker to Yippie Kaye Mr. Falcon. <laughs> um, and it's also combined with every once in a while some crazy directing moves. We mentioned that back and forth. The nonstop double slow zooming in when she's laying on the bed and duty standing there putting pants on and every time it does the counter cut, it's zooming in like in both of them start to make you slowly nauseous. It's like yeah. a it's like a a ride, like a 4D ride at an amusement park that you don't <laughs> realize the part that's making you a little bit sick. Or like if you right. don't if you're not ready for the beginning of Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, and you're like, wait, it's stretching? Am I feeling crazy like crazy here? Um yeah. and and so it's and and then following all that up with like she's seducing him kind of and then she i think either he or she goes are you gonna play ball cut like there's also like a hard cut where you're unsure if they boned yes and then leads immediately into two guys who work for someone but are quimarian i have to make up whatever this made-up country is I think, who are, like, trying to stop him and confusedly saying, like, go back to your room, but not with her, but she should stay here, but get her out of here, but you come here. Yeah. (laughs) And he's doing his one-liners of, like, you seem to be standing between where I am and where I want to (laughs) go. Yeah. And then... I have a diplomatic pass right here. It's a gun. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Murdering people in broad daylight. Yep. yep. And won't be the first time that that happens. Won't be the first time there's like crazy murdering in broad daylight. I was shocked. I was like, she shot them? Right. And that's when she's like, I'm part of the community liberation initiative. That's, right. I think her first twist. Yeah, and then he goes, "Oh, not the CIA." And they're like, "Well, the CIL, it's close." <laughs> like, but it's yeah. we went with CIA at one point, but the A was too close to your secret group. <laughs> well, because then, so Frank, did you did you watch with headphones or not? Yes. Okay. <laughs> After that crazy, I have a diplomatic pass. Here's it's a god. We murdered people. Was there a certain noise that happens with that transition to them being in kind of a cave where now they're in soldier garb? Yeah, I I thought the same thing too, and I didn't know what it was. I was I thought it was I don't know. I thought it was just something with the transfer or whatever. I think there's a crazy hawk noise. 
that that screams out like it is unclear if it's supposed to be like an eagle but and partly why i know that or like could recognize is like we have a lot of hawks by my mountain and me and my wife are always like making my kid laugh by doing uh uh doing a a hawk impression like that is very intense because it will go And that's what it (laughs) sounded like. There was just like a piercing hawk noise. No, (laughs) it was uh, Smooth Criminal starting out. Okay, good, good, good. That makes more sense to me. That makes more sense. Uh, And so, yeah, there's this hawk noise that then leads to now we find out that, yeah, they're in the Liberation Initiative Command Center. She's talking about the blood of her Arab brothers and sisters, and they're pissed at him for his quote. And it's unclear to me still that because they're both constantly threatening him of like murdering him right now. Right. And that they're going to take him. They want him to witness. What do they want him to do? (laughs) Okay. Here's, here's, here's where, okay. Now I'm starting to remember (laughs) a little bit. So, the government brings him in to say, like, uh, you're going to say it was this group or whatever. Okay. That was this like Oh, the this secret this army group. guy. The or the did this did the did the guy with the just for men gray hair want him to do that as well? He did, but then he okay. didn't agree to it. And then they still did it anyway. So then that's why the CLI <laughs> kidnaps him. Because they're like, we're going to show you that we're, we're not bad, so you're going to witness us doing this good thing and what we're trying to do, so that way you witness can... Witness us liberate the hostages. Correct. Okay. Yeah, the hostages that we're, we're on your, like, you're... Yeah, we're actually the good guys. But we're going to keep threatening that we're murder you, and she wants to murder him right away. Right, but then I think they can't trust him because they don't know what his allegiances are. But then, and when probably because he swears so much, they're like, "Wow, this guy is just like off the hinge." Like he swears. Right. I felt like a prude. I felt like when I first watched the Big Lebowski, when the Big Lebowski came out, I never have felt more like a prude, like a f- in my life. I remember watching the Big Lebowski oh, wow. the first time in the theater and being like. Why is there so much swearing? Like it's like it it's just too felt much. It's too much. It's off-putting. I was in the moral majority all of a sudden. <laughs> but because he swears an insane amount, it's ins- because also the auto-generated oh, yeah. captions won't do it, so they'll be lying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that makes more sense. That's why they wanted him as right. a witness to prove that they were doing a revolutionary act for good, for and good, that he yeah. was wrong with this fake misquote. Yeah, okay. and, they, and they couldn't trust him until he like is like, you're going to need my help. You have me here, so we might as well. We both want the same thing. Right. And then he awkwardly throws a Molotov cocktail. Um. Yeah, because they so they end up in maybe the hardest scene to watch, not because of any politics or anything, but because it's shot day for night. But it's in yes. it, it, it's like in a a ruins, and that is where the hostages are. We don't see the hair guy. I think they're sneaking in, but it's shot day for night. But it's also got such a thick, dark blue tone to it, and the transfer is terrible. 
And then there are some times where you're like, it's like two in the afternoon. Like it is so bright and dark yeah. <laughs> all at the same time. And there's, and also combined with there's half jokes in it, maybe. Like they throw a grenade, the CLI, and he goes, yes. throw another grenade. And he's like, we don't have another one. <laughs> yeah, we make do with what we have. Right. And he's like, oh boy. Oh, oh, he boy. Does some Let me just like- fucking do this. Yeah. But the thing is, they don't have, so they don't have enough grenades, Frank. They have plenty of bullets. Because again, he's not in the band Overkill. He is just doing Overkill because he decides to take over. It's unclear why she's so pissed still, but it is like hot shots level shooting. Like it is, uh, it is a flurry of bullets. I've you lose the action of what's going on, but not only in the darkness, but also it's just Dudikoff kind of running around. Anytime there should be ten shots, he's shooting a hundred. Anytime they should be shooting ten <laughs> shots, it's like a hundred. Uh, and like people are getting blown away in fucking slow mo. And then yeah, he ends up in some room, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And it's valid because <laughs> as you said, he's like. He's essentially playing like a round of finders keepers that Nickelodeon like game where yes. you destroy a room. <laughs> and also because we I had in my brain he's going to be drunk because you're telling me he's acting like he's drunk. I thought he was going <laughs> to drink that rubbing alcohol he found basically. I thought so too, yeah. <laughs> he's like in the master. He's making his own alcohol that's poison. Uh but yeah no, he makes a Molotov cocktail. And says, time for a little barbecue. Yes. I think before that, someone gets shot, and I think they flip out backwards the wrong way. (laughs) 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 And then, it's there's a couple scenes that kind of take your breath away a little bit, and not in a Top Gun sort of way. When he throws the Molotov cocktail, and that guy is slow motion burning. Yes. And even the Liberation Army puts their guns down in like a, whoa. Whoa, yeah, this has gone too far. I did not sign up for this. I wouldn't have been surprised if someone had said, I did not sign up for this, cake guy. You would just go with it. Uh, The dental plan is not worth it. (laughs) And then, so they're freaked out. And then right after, there is, he is destroying people. But they do this move that I kind of liked. Where it was like a quick zoom in, he brutalizes a guy, and then quick zoom out. Like, he totally, yes. like, curb stomps a guy, basically. <laughs> and again, they're like, what the fuck is this guy's deal? They're like, are you getting a load of this fucking American over here? <laughs> yeah. They're like, wow. Okay, America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, they are just destroying everyone, and then all of a sudden... The hostages are like, oh, we can do this shit, too. They're breaking yep. necks with feet. <laughs> they they are like, they're distracted. Let's do this. Let's tackle. Let's uh, use right. our feet. Let's uh, let's go for it. It's like Ong Bak all of a sudden. They can do some damage with some knees <laughs> and some feet. It's wild. Um, and yeah, and then uh, it, is, it, it, it is around here, too. Where I was like, this 
feels like Tropic Thunder sometimes. Like it feels yes. like the fake action movie in a movie about movies. Exactly, because he says the line when he meets a friend that he's liberated. He goes, "Looks like you had to pay me that twenty, like that kind of banter where it's like, yes. come on, like it's supposed <laughs> to show that they're pals or whatever." And then he goes, "Aren't you ever satisfied?" Like, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Like it's, it's a- like the end of uh, uh, when in Wet Hot American Summer when when Ken Marino saves the kids on the raft. And you just see Joe yeah. Latrulio staring at it's only the shot of him going like, Oh my god, he's oh he's, he's doing, doing it. it. He's doing it. And when when they come up, they go, Hey man, I'm okay. I'm okay, you're okay. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yeah, it's it goes, slow. The next time I'm driving, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause that's what it feels. There's a lot of shit drive, like yeah. that. Where it's like these long extra lines. They're joking around when you shouldn't have been joking around. And then all of a sudden, Arlie Ermey's there with hair on, and you're like, this is shocking to not have a shaved Yeah, head. I didn't recognize him. I was like, is this Groucho Marx in a late period? Like, <laughs> like right. it looked kind of like, well, no, but there was a, the, oh, wait, no, that was a, my, I wrote down Michael Delaney looking guy, so that might have been him, yeah, actually, with the hair. Well, because also, on, he kind of like, looked like. With the shifting around, we get all of a sudden Arlie Ermey. We clearly, they had two scenes with him. Like, he doesn't have many scenarios. Although, when they use them, though, they do use them a lot. There's that crazy foreground shot that we'll talk about. But yeah, this movie jumps around because you get Arlie Ermey. He's working for someone. And maybe some American version. Maybe he works for the oil. Maybe he works for America. But then we're, we get more so that duo of... The guy who looks like the dad from Wonder Years, uh, who maybe I think works for the CIA, and he keeps yelling at an agent who looks like Billy Drago, (laughs) mixed with Skeet Ulrich. No, not Skeet Ulrich, with Matthew Lillard to me. And then also with Bizarro Robert Patrick. He's this crazy amalgam of everyone. Uh, the that the main guy looked like uh, asshole Richard Kind, yes. and that other guy looked like Joe Mantel uh, Montalagi. I can't remember. Yes, Joe. Last. Yeah, uh, the one from uh, True Blood. Yes, and we ain't talking panalones here, people. <laughs> <laughs> and and that guy, the dude who like, there's a running gag that he is always working out. But it's not really a gag. Like, he's always angry and using every single workout thing all at once and has orthodontist glass in his office. And you're like, 1996, still got the orthodontist glass. That's great. But (laughs) then later, like, because it happens multiple times, again, where it's like, you're telling me something. He's angry. He's the police chief, basically. And he's yelling at his underling, and we don't really know who the underling is. We think they work for the CIA. Eventually, that guy is not in a sweatsuit, and he's wearing a suit, and he's dealing with... That's the other part. Again, another part of the movie, we get into boring, like, diplomatic, bureaucratic stuff. It's like the Star Wars prequels, like when they talked about those boring parts. Also, me thinks that they're uh, sticking it to Clinton a little bit. There's a lot of like kind of backhanded Clinton, uh, yeah, Bill Clinton, like you know the picture, and then another thing where it's like I forgot they came up a couple of times where it's like, oh, this is a little tongue in cheek about 
there is a it came up on another podcast I was listening to. I want to say with Gorley and Russ, but there is like we've talked about it. And we always go in and out of it of like remembering who the president is at the time. And it is shocking when you see the Bill Clinton photo. You're like, oh, my God, we are late in the game on these movies. Um, And yeah, like it is a different style of what is canon trying to say with their politics because it is, I guess, commenting on the ineffectiveness of a do nothing but still taking oil democratic president kind of uh, yeah, but not the, the shady dealings <laughs> i don't know oh also i'm sorry i i miss misunderstood the the underling guy looks like dookie hauser yeah that's another yeah uh yes and yes. he he look also he is a also a pretty um rough actor as well in this pretty rough yeah not yeah. so good but yeah the clinton thing is it's definitely like it's reminding because he brings up Clinton too at one point. And then also, is that supposed to be a Clinton joke that after his Clinton speech, which honestly, it's not just that it's like canon politics, but not where you're like, what are you saying exactly? But now we're doing in 1996. It's not off of Reagan or Bush. It's off of Clinton. And it's off of a Democratic president. But I was just losing steam on the movie because we were getting a couple of movie shifts here, and now we were in bureaucratic territory. I think he was commenting. I don't know what the comment was where where they shift from speaking directly to the picture of Bill Clinton, and then that cab driver is playing saxophone poorly. (laughs) Yes. Is that supposed to be a Bill Clinton connection? I, yeah, I think because it's like, oh, that's one of his heroes, is right? Clinton sax player, yes, for Marcinio. Yeah, uh, but it's again all that stuff with the dad from Wonder Years is confused because there's also the second time they come back to that Doogie Hauser bad actor, like uh, getting yelled at. He's on an exercise bike, and then there's a pan down to his feet when the scene is over, but I don't know what the joke was or what the point was. Cause he was just on it, but said he's wearing socks and sandals, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> Again, there's just some moves that you're like, I don't know what you are getting at here. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, and so then, I guess we're just watching the bureaucratic cover-up. I don't know. This is all the stuff that, like, I was just like, you just kind of have to give up and wait for the next weird scene. Yeah, which comes pretty soon after where they're listening to Slash Puppet in the car. Right. Yeah, they're listening to so sla- that. Yeah, there's two. There's two songs from some band called Slash Puppet, uh, uh, sung by Miff. Song by the lead singer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got to do some slash puppet discogs <laughs> research. Uh, so, yeah, now that guy is a ponytail, the bad guy. I thought he had cut his hair, and I was really shocked. I thought so, too. So he's looking for Dudikoff. He looks like Mike Patton. He does. Yeah, he looks like Mike Patton. Um, uh, he's putting out some records with John Zorn around that time. Uh, uh, yeah, he looks like King for a Day, Fool for a Lifetime era uh, Patton. <laughs> Yeah. But then you realize that he's he's always playing with his hair, too. You think it will be one style, 
and then he'll pull out a hair tie, and you're like, oh, never mind, he's really got some locks again. He's trying to find Duty. Duty's stuck in a hotel with the 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 the, the one of the hostages who is also now angry because he wants to get a nap. Duty doesn't trust it. And so uh, that guy realizes because right. Duty is staring out the window. The bad guy is like, oh, he's in there. I'm going to go get him. Uh, uh, and he is still got that ring on. That's the only other time we see the ring. So the hair guy comes in as a drunk guy. He's fucking yes. around with the two Secret Service guys that are protecting Duty and the hostage. That scene goes on very long. That he needs yes, to find. I'm his like, key. we get it. He's drunk. Yeah, but then finally cuts to a crazy low angle shot of him throwing. I thought four knives at these two guys <laughs> that go into their nipples and also have a comical sting. The music yeah. starts to sound like the big picture. We talked about how we both love the big picture, but the music just sounds weirdly cheap. Um, it's like kind of jazzy. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a weird cool shot through the fan. Uh, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, but and yeah, so he comes in. He's so seductive with when he kills the hostage and like rubs his hand down the hostage's face to like. Oh my god! Eyes. I wrote that down. I was like, gross. Just the pawing of his face yeah. to close his eyes. And so he misses duty with the knife, even though he got those other guys dead on. Duty reacts very slowly, and then leads to some very long scenes of like a shootout in the lobby in a bar Uzi scene, slow motion Uzi scene that also after the slow motion Uzi scene leads into a very long, slow motion running scene. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, so it's a very, it just goes on forever. There's so many bullets. It, it, duty keeps being caught behind this bar, but the, the, and really just taking people out in this lobby, but dude, it's, gratuitous yeah the music is like just like you keep hearing layers of it it is like this crazy definitely late 80s early 90s jazz fusion song yep and there's definitely a solo mixed in really low that sounds a lot like alan holdsworth so it sounds like a kind of treated synth guitar but it is uh, both melodic and atonal, which is why it sounds like Holdsworth to me, and is playing with odd note sh- and shape patterns. But there's also maybe, as you said, maybe it's playing in the lobby. Maybe it is the people in the lobby getting murdered, doing like kind of scatty jazz vocals. Yes. It's a confu. It truly is like, it's hard to not hear it and not get so distracted by how weird the music choice is. Um, <laughs> and uh, and it's it goes on for a long time, the Uzi slow-mo, into him <laughs> slow-mo jumping out of the building. Yes. Did you think they were maybe going to be higher up at first? Like it was going to be a cool... I like yes. couple I story jump. Be like, yes, I thought it was gonna be like from the tenth floor, and he was gonna land on an awning or something. And they're yeah. like almost sub basement. They're like almost like yeah. below the first floor. It's not much yeah. of a jump flip. And it's then a, it's a 
Yeah, it's a window into the garage. (laughs) And then he runs really slowly into an open taxi door. And it's our comical character who, like Austin pointed out, well, one, the character's not in the movie very long, but he's kind of a comic relief who is a cab driver who in... uh, in I think he said maybe Israel it became he's like a, a very yeah. known he's like a talk show host he's like he's Jimmy yeah. Fallon baby he's fucking he does it all um but this guy is like I recognize you in the paper I'll help you out but he turns on his uh, fare that's a good joke yep um, that is a good joke and yeah then they go back to, like it goes Wait. back to the yeah sorry what did I miss no, before that, well, yeah, because it goes to the guy, the our main bad guy. Yep. And uh, hair guy. And hair guy. Rollins, I guess, or whatever. But he, 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 this take that they get of him, he goes, he goes, oh, you lucky son of a bitch. But the way he looks after that was like, he's like, was that good? Was that yeah. okay? Like, it, a- it looks like they lingered on him too long being like, was that a good? Because like, they had him do it like. Uh, they're like, wait, we didn't catch that. Can you get, do that again? And it was that take. There's a couple tail ends left on these edits that maybe you could have pulled the... You know who I think... He ain't bad. I, I mean, the, like, you're constantly sucked into the magnetism of his hair and what he's doing. <laughs> but I think especially post-Hard Target, I was like, this would be awesome if it was Lance Henriksen. Like, yes, going for it. Like, Oh, my God, yeah. I think he would have really killed it. I think this guy's great. But you forget about him for a while, though, too, because he'll show up and you'll be like, great, new weird hair choices. And then they go back <laughs> to the bureaucratic shit. They go back to this guy yelling. Right. And and then uh, I, I just wrote, I'm not paying attention to this. I was just kind of losing it. I just couldn't. Because then you cut to their in the apartment, and now he's like, the cab driver uh, apartment, and he's basically jamming. He's a sax uh, jazz bow. And he's saying American jizz. American jizz. I didn't even pick up on that until you just said that. For, you oh, didn't? my God. No. I think because uh, I was truly it's getting. It's one of those things where it's like. I had the moment of like remembering again that you texted me. I'm like, I kind of zoned out a couple points. I was starting to zone out. Um, yeah. I missed that terrible quote unquote joke. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, he loves American jizz. Uh, uh, but yeah, he he's uh, ready to help him out. He's like, get a shower. I'll give you good food. Stay here, etc. Go straight yep. into a Clinton speech right after another crazy piercing John Zorn <laughs> sax solo. Um, uh, he's jamming like James Chance in the contortions right into its fucking no wave sax solo. I don't know what he's yelling about with his Twinkie monologue. This bureaucratic guy. Remember, he was talking about Twinkies right. and ring dings? And then we cut uh, hard. Yeah, right? You don't even know. You were zoning out, I bet, at that point. I was, yeah. probably. Because then we cut hard back to, surprise, the cab driver was a member of the CLI or whatever, maybe. And then mm-hmm. she's back, Maya, to bone him. Don't you uh, ever wear any clothes? Yeah. Don't you ever wear any clothes? And I truly, I looked down to like look at a text on my phone, and then looked up, and she was rubbing a gun like a penis, and I did not yes. know what was going on. <laughs> um, it was like, yeah, not too shabby, not too shabby at all, right? And so, in theory, <laughs> they fuck, 
If you if they didn't I, fuck before, maybe did they fuck in the first time? No, I don't know. But it implied. I thought she was giving him a blowjob. I thought that's what it's the, at it least a beejer. Yes, because there's a then there's like a uh, yeah Speaking there's like yeah exactly. Oh my god, I am surprised there wasn't a Monica Lewinsky joke in this. No, uh, because that was later. Would it have been later? What year was yeah, Lewinsky? Lewinsky was like 97 98 no okay great okay it's towards the end of his presidency okay you're right you're right you're right you're right um uh and so but then it cuts back to the the bureaucratic guy eating junk food yeah was that a joke (laughs) i think yeah i think because he was yeah i think they were trying to like I don't know, but uh, that that scene I remember being like nobody's committed to their lines. Everybody's trying to remember. Yeah, and it looked like at one point he was reading off his table. <sighs> the, it, what a terrible scene to have. What I think is the CIA guys with I think the president of Quimir or whatever the country is with the head of the secret police. And they're all bureaucratically arguing about who is right and who is wrong. But as you said, nobody is committed to their lines and nobody completely knows them. So you're like, oh, you've given us the most boring scene. Yes. Combined with bad acting, combined with getting distracted by them holding up, again, that headshot of the hair guy. (laughs) <laughs> looking like he's playing in an early version of typo negative, like opening up a, like a set at Lemoore's in fucking Bay Ridge, <laughs> Brooklyn, 1986. Um, and then cutting hard back to Maya's angry again. I think they boned, but now she's pissed at him again. Well, cause she's like, by the way, cause then she does another twist, another twist. Right. Right, where she's in cahoots with the cab driver. Yep. And then there's that Indi- I wrote down Indiana Jones joke. Uh-huh. Which which was Would that be a dark gun know. joke? Oh, when he doesn't have bullets in the gun? Right. Or uh, she doesn't? He pulled the the, the firing trigger. There's a couple of yeah, gun he, things that you're like that you lose track of who has what because then the cab guy had a dart gun. Yes, because they're kidnapping but him, then right? Somebody, no, but they they drug him, but then somebody else comes in, right? And they don't they shoot the cab driver? Oh wait, no, wait. It, it might well because one the music there for two seconds is predator sounding. It goes dun 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 yes. dun dun. It's just really weird. They're maybe going to kidnap him. Are you thinking about when the guy, the hair guy now comes in looking like he's in winger, but his, yes. he kicks the door exploding open, not just like yes. kicks it open. Like it just like explodes completely, which is wild. Yes. Uh, and then the cab guy fakes like he knows karate. Is it that? That's show? it. Yes. Yeah. He. Yeah. And then he just shoots him, right? Yes. And then he just yeah. shoots so him. So then, but this is followed by my favorite joke. It, it always makes me laugh. Where in the background you can hear a dog bellowing goes <laughs> because it heard a loud noise. Yeah. Always my favorite joke. It's a good. Joke. Anytime that like, I mean, like just putting that in is always funny. Because uh, it works. It works every time. Look, man, funny's funny. You can't dispute that. Um, 
But and, I wrote down, not everything can be a twist. <laughs> but apparently everything can. That's the thing. It's like that, that, that this movie would disagree with you, Frank. Uh, you say not everything can be a twist. They say, we'll give you three more. <laughs> um, because then they're trying to kidnap him. They're trying to kidnap yes. Duty. But then Hare kidnaps the two of them. I think murders the cab driver after his exploding door. And then Arlie Ermy is back. I still am not sure who he works for, but maybe he's the oil. He does work for oil. oil. Okay. Yeah. Because then we see that he has this crazy set piece where he, it's, he explains it's a Roman cistern. Yes. But now he's made it into a crazy Western cowboy collection bar, like out of Tombstone. (laughs) I'm from Texas, son. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you feel about all that? Did it feel like home? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's dudes like this, of course. But I I wrote down, like, because his name is Rooster. Oh, I never even got his name. (laughs) It's Rooster, yeah. And, um,. I wrote down Dudikoff is rough in this scene because it, one, it seems like he's forgot a lot of his lines, but yeah. he's picking up uh, Rooster's accent. He starts doing it's like almost like he's like because I get like he's trying to like go along with it or whatever, but yeah. then he starts doing this like the the Texas accent, and it's so annoying. I'm like, stop doing that. Yeah. Oh, it- and then he does. Is yeah. it supposed to be a move? Like it's like because it's hard again. Like because he's in Bachelor Party, it's like that's like a Tom Hanks comedy move. Like is yeah. to like pick up the accent of who you're making fun of. Like is that what we're supposed to get out of that? Is that he's playing with him? He's kind of like making fun I think of that's him. What's supposed to be happening? Or he's trying to like win his trust over, but he doesn't realize that he's gonna fuck him over because he was like because he doesn't want to accept the money, but he's pretending to. Because like Arlie well, Ermy, I couldn't tell if he was. Rooster is like saying, "Like we'll either kill you, or yeah. you use all your skills for us, and with that, you're gonna get everything." And he lists off all this like money and houses and shit. Date Michelle Pfeiffer. Date Michelle Pfeiffer. That really comes quickly. You're just like, that's a joke, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, because he's just like, well, I guess I'm a smart man, and he tries right. to do all, yeah. It's, <laughs> and then he, but then that, that's when he says, like, uh, sincerity, uh, what does he say? I need to uh, confirm the sincerity of your creed. Of your greed, yes. <laughs> oh, greed. Yes, that's a great line. Greed. I might have been looking at the uh, YouTube-generated uh, subtitles at that point. It got creed and was like, I don't know if that line makes exact sense to me, but I'll go with it. <laughs> So he wants. But I love that line. Yeah, that's a much better line with greed. I like that line. So he yeah. wants Dudikoff to prove that he is going to be on the side of the oil company by killing Maya. And yes. so basically, like, Dudikoff's like, all right, sure, and shoots her, but there's no bullets in the gun. Yeah. And then he later, I guess, justifies that because he says he could feel the weight. That there yes. wasn't. That's what he said. Yeah, it's like a little flimsy. I I like to think it's that, like what, but I like to think he was rogue, so rogue and so rakish at that point that he's like, "Fuck it, I'll kill her. I don't give a fuck." 
Yeah, he's just kind of like, well, she already double crossed me. Double crossed me like twenty times, or I triple, mean, yeah, triple, quadruple crossed <laughs> right. or whatever. But I think that, um, yeah, it, it's it's. But if he could tell that, why wouldn't he fill that with the gun earlier? Right. Yeah, I I like to think so there's. That, that, I, I like to think there's a version where twice. he was gonna kill her. He was gonna like fuck. I it. think so. Yeah. Which adding to like, like no, maybe I planned it all along. Could you imagine a version where they're playing with him as like a even more of an anti-hero? Maybe like it's nineties. You know, we're starting to get into like our right. action heroes sh- don't have to be as like cut or dry Perfect. superheroes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then they couldn't commit to it, and they were like, "Well, this <laughs> this fucking hair guy is going to take over anyways. He's going to be crazier than fucking duty." Um, yeah. Because yeah, then we cut like. I thought he cut his hair again, but instead, he, yeah, and then he pulls it out to make it look crazier, but he's also <laughs> wearing a mock turtleneck, like he's doing some bad theater-in-the-park Shakespearean play or <laughs> taking a hand briefly at, like, a Bogosian, like, one-act play, like a fucking Eric Bogosian talk radio <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> um but so then we find out Maya didn't get murdered, but she's now trapped on the pool table, and that he works with Arlie Ermy. And yes, and so, but then, and again, there's just so much going on. Like, I guess Dudikoff is is again sequestered to a nicer room. But he has a bad guy, and he's looking for a light, and the guy shows him a Zippo, and I guess that's their way to connect the Zippo thing from before, because he does the Zippo trick, but it goes so quick into a neck break. Uh, yes. And then takes that guy. That guy comes running in to that 2001 white set that they are in. <laughs> he takes him out hard by the legs and then guts him with a fucking bayonet. Which is wild. Yes. And so, oh. yeah, what did I miss? No, you didn't miss it. But, like, well, we, th- before she gets shot, she looks at him and is kind of like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, do something. And then she goes, there are no words for what I feel for you. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. There's a, her character goes wilder at the end of this movie. Like, yeah. with choices and maybe improvised dialogue, maybe not. Like, when he comes in <laughs> and saves her, she's, like, just yelling, like, you asshole, you son of a bitch. Like, and you're like, wait, is she yelling at duty? Is she yelling at the hair guy? Uh, she's yelling at duty because she's pissed off that he tried to, like, he pulled the trigger. So now it's romancing the stony. Yes. Style. Uh, and or uh, and he uh, goes nag nag nag. Yeah, now it's become Alan Quatermain style, yeah. like you know Sharon Stone nonstop. Like, oh my god, oh Jesus Christ, oh god. Um, because yeah, like so, hair guy was like torturing her. Like yeah. it's a really long scene. Uh, uh, you know he's like cutting off her bra. It gives us a classic canon move of like. Have your cake and eat it too. Like we see her yeah. her breasts and then he covers them because he wants to go to a part. He's like going in this crazy monologue that feels improvised about like doing things to her body with a knife and a cigar 
because of all the places. And he starts talking about her vagina. Yes. After he cuts her panties and is like, there's stuff down there that makes the nipple feel like old shoe leather. And you're like, it truly is a baffling torture line because <laughs> you're not sure. I thought he was going to burn her there. I thought he was going to burn her vagina with a with a fucking cigar. But yeah. it's slightly unclear. It's gross him talking about her areola, for instance. <laughs> like, there's yes. just, I'm glad that in the British they cut that because it feels like <laughs> very hat on a hat on a hat after a while. Um, Human bodies are interesting thing. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Human bodies? You mean like yours? Because also it's odd because truly his hair at this point looks like Yanni. Like it is like that, Richard Mark style insanity. That would be funny if she's like, what do you mean by humans? You're human too. He's like, that's what you think. It takes <laughs> off the hair. Yeah. And it's got like antenna or something, or it's like a exposed brain, or there's like a little alien inside. Take me to your areola. <laughs> He's like going nuts. So while all this is happening, uh, Dudikoff has escaped into the computer center. <laughs> he's hacked and into the mainframe. He is hacked into the mainframe because he's got special training people. We didn't bring up he has computer training, but he does. Yep. He can do, again, a second uh, tweet that Austin put up that I had no idea where it was from, but saw Duty's face and was like, maybe this is from Chain of Command. This movie might be wild. He's breaking into what are essentially Western Oil's plans. Yes. And so, as Austin talked about, like, if you look, the files are named like COC 1 to 7, <laughs> Chain of Command. Uh, all of the plans are written in an Excel document. Yes. And they all are written essentially... If you have a school project in junior high and you forgot to do it and the morning of your mom is like, did you do uh, that presentation? And you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, no, I got it. Hold on. I got to do something on my Apple IIc. And you go run over to your like Excel and you're just like, fuck it. Just pick any font. Like, fuck it. Uh, it's all left justified. Yeah, it looks yeah. terrible, but whatever. God damn it. Uh, I need to have some proof that the oil company's really bad. Oh, fuck. I, I forgot to do one in Excel. As Frank texted me, it looks like this one could be an MS Paint. Like <laughs> There is one where it's like the letters are up and it looks on the side like it's in the MS Paint <laughs> right. uh, file thing. Right. My God. And so it's like he goes into, yeah, C Extended Files, which is straight up just... One of your Excel pages, if you just type C extended files, and that isn't again left center justified. Uh, he is cracking into, and then there's one that just says timetable for facing in takeover. <laughs> High, he has to type in highest priority files. Yes. <laughs> It's, and it's like, yep, there it is. And the, it, because the yeah, the highest priority information that he hacked into is really just a timetable that just goes like 
92, 93, 94, 95, and then all of a sudden in one year, like they're kind of building up, and then in one year, it's just they've taken over. Like it's just red lines. And then the last one that we really see, it's supposed to say expected profit projections, parentheses, in millions of dollars, in case you're not sure. And you're sitting there going, hundreds of dollars? But expected is spelled E-C-P-E-C-T-E-T. Oh, my God. I didn't even notice. (laughs) There is spelling mistakes in the Excel documents that he has hacked into. And he he hacks in, and he puts it on a a nice hard disk. Uh, Floppy disk. Yeah, floppy disk. And he's sitting there going, copy, copy, come on. I remember those days. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm. I hear you. Don't say the copying takes forever, man. Uh, especially when it's an Excel sheet that runs that deep. Yeah, it is. It's it's wild how thrown together it feels. Like it, like you can't fathom how thrown together it feels. But luckily, uh, the copy's finished just in time because that guy was about to just shove a, a fucking cigar in her vagina. But luckily, I so I know I said get this scene over with. Already. Yeah, luckily, <laughs> duty gets it over with by showing up, uh, uh, with a giant gun with a giant bayonet that he's already gutted someone with. That little man cave too looked like our torture cave or whatever the fuck it was. Looked like it was like a hip restaurant or like a yeah. music venue, like the Bell House or something. <laughs> it looks like he's at the whiskey or something. Like combined with the Bell yeah. House, yeah. And then like this guy's dancing around, and it's like he's at the whiskey or the Bell House dancing, like when they're <laughs> fighting. Uh, yeah. It's also where like he's in this cool venue, and his hairline looks like it got lower. Than it was before. <laughs> He's like, yeah, shifting. He's and also, cover his face. He turns yeah. into a wolf man. Yeah, exactly. He just gets hairier now. Uh, and the fight is fun and ridiculous. And they keep doing like weird shit like Dudikoff cuts. And then they'll do a close up. And his foot is like completely twisted around. Like it got broken. <laughs> but it's like backwards. And you're like, okay, well, that doesn't exactly work. Uh, and they're fighting. They end up on her, who's still on the pool table, Maya, and she's yelling at duty because now it's fun. Like, and we haven't right. been we haven't been given the notice that it's fun. Like, that's the hard part with this movie. They don't give you the like yeah. the note of like, by the way, we're 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 going to be in the fun part of this because it feels intense. She almost just got raped and murdered sexually like it's human centipede or something but now it's supposed to be like she's over that and the rest of this movie is like she's over it the rest of it's just like that was a lark (laughs) it was kind of yeah i half expected her to be like mind saving the day yeah Yeah. (laughs) like you mind killing the guy already like it's Um, because forgetting about something Uh, the guy, yeah, exactly. But the guy, the bad guy, Rollins, uh, gets a fun line in where he goes, how's your boyfriend look now? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of fun lines that are shoved in and just like kind but of that like. That scene takes way too long. Because they're just constantly destroying wine and then like you think it's over and it keeps <laughs> on trucking. And even when he like punctures him with a pool cue in the bloodiest oh, yeah. way possible. Dude. He would have to be so strong mm-hmm. to do that. Right. To impale him with a pull cue 
And the pull cue actually would have to have like a knife, <laughs> like it's sharpened right. completely to go through it. Like there is no way he would have to have like Hulk strength or the strength of a mother. You know what? Maybe that's what the, he saw his love in yeah, danger and there you go. he got the mother's strength and then he, the power of love it's helped the him. power of love. Can you feel it? Not strong enough to stop uh, Richard Marks from having one more one-liner when he goes, my mama told me there'd be days like this so that duty could go, oh, yeah, she didn't tell you about this one. <laughs> You're Did like, they wait, what? the close-up on that? Because they do a close-up on him, and it looks like they sped it up. I think they did. I think there's some odd, which is <laughs> odd too, because this director, he wasn't the cinematographer, on, but he's a, he's a, he's the DP on Bloodsport. Like he knows how shots should look. He knows that things should like that movie looks awesome. Everything yeah. in that movie looks awesome. And this, there's so many crazy choices like that. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, you're fu- budget in time. I bet. I, it's, I know just budget in time, man. Uh, but yeah, then she's like, "Hey, remember me?" And that's where I was like, "Chill out!" Like, yeah, you can't be having fun now. But no, the rest of it is just like real. His girl Friday, like romancing the stone, like uh, uh, Alan Quatermain, quips. like quips. It's just yeah. quippy, um, and it is. It's also that shot with Arlie Ermy being in the foreground. Yelling out, kill him is a crazily set up shot. Uh, yeah. And they take everyone out. It is just like everything in this is overkill. You thought it was overkill before, and it's like super overkill. No. Yeah. It, it combined with very, uh, not necessarily good, but like the music is fun. Like it's like the tone <laughs> of it is like synth flutes. Yes. And like I wrote that down too. It's just yeah. fluty. Uh it's very uh cheap movie score horns too. Yes. Yes it is. And then they like and their jokiness leads to being like should we go to the truck? No truck. No helicopter. Like and so that like they're going to escape in a helicopter. I swore she called him the f-word and I didn't under or someone oh. did. But again, it's a, such a barrage of bad improvised lines that you're like, anything goes, but I feel like they're just trying to get through the end of the movie. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, she is in the helicopter, but now we have a jokey scene. Again, we haven't gotten the note that this is jokey, but that ev- it, she, he's like, do you even know how to fly this thing? She's like, of course, every agent at my level went to flight school. But she's sitting there like she needs classes. She's Mr. Magoo in it. (laughs) And he's like, do you need a manual? And it's, again, a lot of just, like, jokey, jokey, jokey. But in that, he is murdering everyone and blowing up Western Oil Truck. It's not even like done in a fun way or a funny way. It's like it's just like they're two se- different scenes happening at once. That's yes. what it feels like. Yes. And then the end of the movie, I didn't really realize that Arlie Ermy was punched out, but I guess that's I guess they're going to bring him to justice. But most of the end of the movie is them finally flying away after he murdered everyone. 
And it yeah. is like so many back and forths in a in a uh Alan Quatermain romancing the stone flirty jokey there's like a joke about what her last name is but then she's like yeah, you don't Rabinowitz. I was like is that supposed to be a joke? Right. That there this is all like is that supposed to be a joke? Like just like nonstop. And the music feels like city slickers. It's like really mm. light. And then she's like, I think we're due for some R and R. Rest and recreations. Well, maybe not that much rest. Yeah. And it's like that tone that I just delivered in is how it's also being delivered. <laughs> like basically, yeah. Slow. You keep thinking they're done, and then there's another quip, and then you're like, wait, you it's not sexual innuendo anymore. Now you're just like, you're waiting for just him to just- the thing. Yeah, just like, another blowjob? Well. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and fucking. I wouldn't necessarily call it a job. <laughs> it's more pleasure. <laughs> like penis and vagina. Oh. We're gonna have sex? Well, <laughs> not so much sex, yeah, as fucking. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, and then not so much what, as in <laughs> stop, not so butching me. <laughs> and then a harsh cut to the helicopter flying away into the sun, and like we said before, four, three to four paragraphs of postscript that I didn't even yep. bother writing down because, again, the summary is just kind of like. Everyone blamed everyone else. No one really got punished. Yeah. No uh, one got punished. That's the way that Clinton's America is right now. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. The that's dude. What it, that's why I was like, what is this movie trying to say? Is like nobody's held accountable. The do nothing Democrats, man. You know, if fucking that's Reagan right. was in charge, everyone would have been held accountable, especially oil companies. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, the Contra, every... Wait, wait. I, wait, I wait, hold Contra. on. Uh, <laughs> We'd be on the side of the Taliban, and then... Wait, wait. Oh, no. Hold on. Wait, back wait, up, I back mean, up. I, <laughs> guy, 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 go, go, go. Um, yeah. I mean, chain of commands. It is... Yeah. yeah. What do we miss here? What did I forget? <laughs> I forgot the when um, Rooster is like, you know, trying to shoot them down and stuff. And he's with the other people. He's like, hey, Ross, you're good. Real good. And that's when he goes, ditto. He brings it back. That's what and then, <laughs> also, the callback, another callback is when he says, um, what's life without taking a few chances? <laughs> and then it goes after that weird... Uh, a post thing saying like what happened nobody was held accountable blah 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 we get a Guns N' Roses rip off of You Could Be Mine yes and uh, from Slash Puppet and I wrote 94 is way too late for this type of song yeah everything is too late for this year like in this when the whip comes down is the name of the song I like it and the other one was ripping on a wishbone Ribbon on a wishbone. <laughs> Fever dogs. Um, ripping on, <laughs> ripping, ripping on a wishbone. 
My God, Slaughter Puppy or whatever they are. What's her name? Slaughter <laughs> Slash Puppet. Slash Puppet. Jesus Christ. The Slush Puppies. Man, the Slush Puppies. I love them, man. Get a Slush Puppy down down at fucking 7-Eleven. Um, yeah, it is... Uh, Austin, Austin, you're crazy for this one, man. <laughs> this one. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I didn't expect it. I didn't know what to expect. I think we both tried our best to not look up anything and luckily there wasn't much to look up um and it is uh it is very direct to video but even with it being the last canon basically release it's very canon like it's very Mm -hmm. all over the place and confusing but like i i thought it was end of the day i'm glad i watched it I'm, it's it's a wild watch, yeah. Yeah. It's worth it for a wild watch. Uh uh and you're not ready for that hair. Uh it is truly no, nothing can prepare you. Nothing can prepare you. I would like to if this was a movie that was on Tubi or Pluto a lot, I would like to know how many times I watch it before I'd stop laughing out loud at that hair reveal. Like, cause it was just like, I mean, like, I, I'm surprised how hard it hits me when it happens. Cause it's with such, I know, it's such really flurry like, too, man. Yeah. So Frank on our Canon rating, 10 to 10, one to zero, 10 to 10. Oh my God. I lost it. Zero to 10 cannons. How many cannons does this last real cannon get? I'm going to give it an eight. Same exact number for me. Yeah, because yeah, it really does. Like, I mean, it, it's kind of a fitting last canon because it has all the elements. Yeah, it just looks more modern, quote unquote. Yep. Modern in yeah, a direct-to-video would... sort of way. <laughs> yeah, I would say an eight. I do. It's got I, all the. It's got. It feels like a last gasp. It does feel like. It feels like. Yeah. All right, we lost Menachem, but let's try to do all the things we do. Uh, let's, you know, unintentionally miss the mark on all the things we do, but in the proper canon way. It it it's it feels out of time and so of the time. Uh, I love that Clinton is featured so prominently because it's like it it's a reminder that. This era is dead, but we're going to keep trying to do this era and makes the politics even more confusing because the plot is also so confusing, but also had enough. You know what? It's like sometimes like Canon makes a lot of weird choices, but, you know, they think it makes sense in a Canon movie. And this one feels like they think it maybe makes sense, but also are well aware that they've got time and uh budget constraints uh and you yeah. know there are a lot of people probably just being like why are we doing this thing what is going on here I'm just like fuck <laughs> it man just go with it it's fun uh we gotta get what's this, this shit joke in the camp. about <laughs> what is all what's the jokes joke about, about... <laughs> yeah what is this joke about um bombay rum with pubic hair and you're all out of pubic hair <laughs> right it's it, it's got the rhythm of a joke. Just let it go. Just let it go. We're just gonna yeah, keep moving. It's, it's keep funny because it's pubic hair. Yeah, in there. You might as well c- throw herpes in there. <laughs> right. It's uh, it is a wild ride, and I love that. Uh, I love that Austin. This is a little preview for what we've got coming in Volume Three eventually, because 
I am so excited for volume three. I, I'm, you know, of course we are excited for Canon Film Guide Volume Two. We love it. We love Canon Film Guide Volume One. Um, uh, I think it's also like it's great for thinking about Canon and like the history of movies because it's like Canon Volume Two. You're like, oh, this is the best years. This is going to be all the best stuff. But part of the reason we do this podcast is just like it's so interesting the crazy path this company has taken. And that the end isn't like just a fizzle out. The end is like, let's go out in the weirdest, some of the weirdest bangs you could imagine. And Austin's intro led us in on that, which is great. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we hope you enjoyed this. I mean, uh, you know, I what I, what I would say is you got to go get Austin's books and you got to yeah. watch this movie uh, and and. Uh, you gotta you gotta follow us on our socials because Frank, where can people find us? On Instagram and Twitter at the Canon Canon. Second Canon is one in. And of course, go to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash the Canon Canon. Uh, we've got uh, an episode up there early of uh, this August of Austin. Uh, the you know the one that will be coming out in the free feed. You can listen to it now, but we've got all of our extras there, and also. Uh, you're always getting extra bonus episodes, uh, bonus content, and helping us pick what is our next thing. Maybe we'll do another theme next month. Who knows? We'll see. We've got some ideas in the hopper from our Patreon members. They are the ones chiming in, and they have a lot of fun over there, honestly, too. Like I, I see all of our Patreon members talking to each other uh, on the Discord, um, uh, talking about weird can-related things, other movies. Uh, come on over. Help us support this crazy idea for a podcast. But until next week, I'm Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. And this is The, the Cannon. 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 Ripping on a wishbone. <laughs> <laughs>